A couple weeks ago, I was with uh, a good friend of mine, uh, JP, who works on staff. He's the director of the ports, the single stuff, and Tuesday night, he spoke a few times at church, you might know who I'm talking about. But anyways, we went to a men's retreat that was uh, south of here, about 40 minutes in Cedar Hill, Texas. And so he asked me to come along with him for whatever reason. So I jumped in the car and we got there. It was a Friday and a Saturday. And we got there early on Friday. And so he wanted to go find a Starbucks to work on his talk. And we ended up landing at like a gas station for whatever reason. It was the best we could find. And so there was tables in the back and, and I guess they made burritos or something there. For whatever reason, they could, he could cook and eat in these, these tables. And there were also slot machines. So we go into this gas station and we sit down in the back and we're, we're working on kind of his talk and going through that. And all of a sudden this guy comes in and he uh, is, is shaved head, kind of tan skin, yoked up, probably middle-aged, 40s, looks just like a dude you would not want to get in a fight with. He's wearing a wife bee. His shirt's hanging out next to him, his tight jeans. I mean, the brother just looks hard, sunglasses on. So he sits down at these slot machines and just starts going at it with the pennies. And, and so JP leans up to me and he goes, can you imagine? 4.30 on a Friday afternoon, slip away. Two kids and a wife at home, you just come play the slots. And so we don't know anything about this dude. He's just straight up judging him and just completely is what's going on. And, and so, but it gives you a scenario to run with. You're like, yeah, man, I can't believe. So he gets a phone call and, and I go to get some gum at the counter and um, I'm talking with Janine who's behind the counter and, and, and I ask her a question. I say, why is, why is that funny? Why is that funny? Not, not like that, okay. All right. And, I mean, talking like, not like in the high school we're talking, but I mean like we're literally using words together. Okay, so I'm talking with Janine, and I say, Janine, when was the last time that someone told you that God loves you and that he cares about you? And, I, and I've asked this to, to multiple or many people, and the response she gave me was not the one that I typically get. I've ever gotten, actually. So I asked this question. She says, a few minutes ago. And I was like, <laughs> just, just, I mean, evangelism right out the window. You're like, oh my gosh. The Lord has got you, I guess. So she, I'm like, well, explain, what happened? How that? And uh, she goes, yeah, um, James comes in all the time and tells me that. I'm like, James? Who's? She points back at the Con Air dude with the shaved head playing the slot machines. <laughs> and I'm like, James, okay. <laughs> all right. And so I, uh, I take my gum and kind of walk back, just confused, not really sure what's going on. I get back to the table, and James has started talking with J.P., and all of a sudden, they get into this conversation, and James begins to tell us about his life and his story beforehand. And so um, this dude had, had really had one of the more prodigal stories where he was running as far from God that he could, where chasing everything, a sexual addiction that destroyed his marriage. He, he was addicted to cocaine for five years. Successful dude was in the army, got out of it, and everything was destroyed because he kept searching to find life in all the wrong places. And he said something in that conversation. I mean, he literally comes in. This dude was, he's not like a, a marginal believer. He is, he probably had half the New Testament memorized. Every other word was like this and that. I'm like, oh my God. We thought you were not saved a second ago. And, and so the reason he comes in and plays the penny slots is just to talk to Janine. And, and so we ask him, what happened? How did that go? And he, he said, I finally realized that this is what I was made for. I was made for, for my creator. I was made for something more. I was chasing and trying to find life everywhere else. And it finally hit me, and God's grace was poured on me. 
that I was made for this. I was made for him, and I want to serve him because it's what I was made to do. And so that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about this idea that you are made for your creator. And, and now, Ed, I want to go into why it's important, and I want to prove to you that it is true by looking at Scripture. Now, Ed, we can just survey the world around us, and you will find out that you were made for your maker. And if you do not get this, you will end up like James. And I'm not saying that you're going to be a, a crack addict. Don't hear me wrong on that. But my point is, if you do not chase to, to drink from the, the spring of life, you're going to drink from the toilets of this world. And they will not satisfy you. And they will not satisfy me. And so I have to remind myself, I was made for this. This is what I was made for. This is where life is. And there are things that echo inside of me and they echo inside of you. And not, not just Christians either. They're inside of all of us. And they point to the fact that we were made for our creator. Like I was thinking back in high school this, this past week and I wasn't walking with Christ in high school, but uh, I was trying to think about what was my focus when I was 16, 17, 18 years old. And it came down to probably two things. One of them was, was sports, and the other was, was girls. And so those kind of ebbed back and forth, depending on the season or how we were doing in the sport. But um, <laughs> it's just true. And so uh, the thing that I loved about sports and the things that, that we love about athletics, or even academics for that matter, is competing. We love tasting victory. Like there is something inside of you, and there's something inside of me, and there's something inside of all people that even if they're like, I don't care about, you, you, do, you love being successful. You love victory. It's because you were made for it. You were made for a relationship with the victorious king over all things. You just sang about that his reign will never end. You were made for your maker. You were made for victory, to be on the triumphant team that will one day fling forth his victory and will once and for all stand supreme in all creation, and you were made for it. And I was made for it. And you don't even have to look inside the church to see this. People love it. It's because we were made for our maker. Greatness, the same thing. The man loves to be, I'm not even talking about victory, I'm talking about being excellent. You love being good at what you do. A, a series of victories, if you will. You love being excellent. And it's because you were made in the image of an infinitely great God. As Psalm 145 talks about how his greatness is unsearchable. You could never understand it and you could never comprehend it. You were made for greatness. And that's why you cry out for it. That's why I cry out for it. You, uh, being known that there is something inside of you and something inside of me and there's something inside of all people everywhere that, that desires to be known. And if you tell me you don't, I'm, gonna, I'm probably gonna call you a liar because you do. And if you look at Facebook, or you look at MySpace, or even Twitter, it's all about, these are my favorite quotes, these are my favorite books, these are my favorite, look at my pictures, my friends. Uh, Twitter, the entire premise is I want people to know what I'm doing. There is something inside of you, listen to me, hear me on it, there is something in you that wants to be known. Because you were made in the image and likeness of your creator. And if you miss these things, my point in showing you this is not, not to get you excited about the fact that you like Facebook because you're made in the image of God. My point is to say, if you do not drink from this well, you're gonna drink from something else because we're all thirsty. 
And if you do not drink from the rivers of life, you're gonna drink from the toilets of this world and it will end poorly for you. It will cause you pain. And you were made, you have a deep desire to love. You do, I do, all of it. I, even if you think of relationships, I know there's people in this room that are like, man, I can't wait to talk to her after. I ship you a water burger with her. And yeah. Same thing with the guy. And man, I talked to Alex this week and I can't believe I'm going to prom with him and all these, I, I know that's inside of, inside of me. It, it, it's inside of everyone. And so there is a deep desire inside of you to experience love because you were made in the image of your, and, and not only that, it's in the church and, and turn on the radio. I mean, you can listen to one Lady Annabellum song and you figure out that people have something inside of them that I'd rather hurt than feel nothing at all. I made someone listen to that over and over again because I was like, isn't this crazy? Everyone in the entire world longs to experience love because they were made for it, because they were made for God. And God is love. And so you pursue this relationship because in it is life. And that's the story of the good news. That the broken world around us is not all that there is. But there is a fountain from which life springs forth. And you were made for it. And you, don't, you can close the Bible and you can look elsewhere and you're going to see that this world, there's something wrong with it. And that no matter how high you go on the chain of success, it will not satisfy. And you can look at Tiger Woods. That's a great example of it. And it's, I mean, there's kind of snickers that go forth, but the, the dude's called the most successful athlete of all time. Whether you like golf or not, that's not really relevant, but the most successful athlete. He has more money, million dollar contracts than anyone has ever had before. The greatest athlete. Turn on ESPN. Look at how many different men that are successful in their sport or even in politics or, or in a million other things where you see that men were not satisfied and they had to go look elsewhere. Look at Heath Ledger. And that guy was so talented. He was so gifted. He was heralded as one of the greatest actors of our generation. And it wouldn't satisfy. Things were broken. And no matter how hard he tried to drink from the waters of this world, it couldn't quench the thirst. And so it grew and grew and grew. You were made for something great. There's a quote that, that I love by, by Augustine that you guys have probably heard before. Augustine's a guy who just lived a long time ago, and he, he said, um, he, he said that our hearts and our souls are restless until they find their rest in you. And that's all, that is, the, that is the best message that I could give you. If you're going to college next year, and if there's one thing that you could remember from any talk that I've given, it would be this, you were made for this. Every desire, everything that reverberates inside of you is found in, from, and for him. That I, Isaiah 26, eight and nine, if you wanna memorize a verse from this thing, it is real simple. It says, your name, even the memory of you is the desire of our souls. At night, my soul longs for you. That there's something in me and in you and in all people where they remember they were made for more. 
They can feel it. And no matter how hard they try, things don't work around them. Because the answer is not found in any of these things, in any greatness or any victory or any pleasure or anything, any love that you would experience outside of your maker. That his name, even the memory, is what you were made for. It is the desire. Everything inside of you cries out, and one day it's going to be satisfied. One day he's going to come in full, and you will experience what every inkling inside of you cries out for. That his name is the desire of your souls. I, uh, on that same weekend that I went with JP, we stayed at his sister's house. Um, and, and so here's kind of the deal with his sister, really sweet girl, but not a real big house, um, which is not bad. That's a great thing. But, um, and so we went in there, and the rooms were limited. There's my point in saying that. So uh, the room that I got stuck in was her six-year-old daughter's room. And if you haven't been around a six-year-old in a while, there's a lot of pink, especially if she's a girl. Well, predominantly if she's a girl. Um, <laughs> a little strange if it's not. So I'm in this pink room, and I mean everything is pink. The walls are pink. I'm sleeping in a pink bed. My pillow's pink. Uh, there's a, a dollhouse that was the biggest dollhouse I've ever seen, the size of these dolls. I don't know where they're even buying these things. I've never seen anything like it. But, um, and so the walls, the light switches, everything. The curtain on the shower is a princess. It's, it, everything is pretty and pink and princess. And six-year-olds, they don't tend to have a lot of things that fit a grown man. And so even when I lay down at night and I'm sleeping in this bed of this sweet six-year-old girl, it was gone. She's not there. She's not there. She is not there. She is not there. Good night. I'm getting some stares back from y'all. They're like, Bron? So I am, I am sleeping. Yeah, I just lost my job. So I'm sleeping in this bed, and, and I'm trying to, to go to bed. But here's the deal. Uh, girls that are, that are six years old, they're not real big. And so uh, the, the bed frame doesn't allow, I'm in the fetal position all night because she, she wasn't over 5'5". Five five. She was a small girl. And I'm not huge, but I'm six foot, and I couldn't fit in the frame in this thing. So I'm crawled up, and I'm pulling my pink. Uh, all right, I don't know how tall she was. She was small. So, hey, stay with me. Stay with me. I'm pulling over the covers on this girl, and she, I'm, <laughs> the wheels are off. They are so far off. They are so far off. Thank you. So I'm pulling the covers over, and I'm sleeping in the pink bed with the pink pillow, and I'm cramped up, and I can't extend my legs. And so you don't sleep real long in, in environments where you're not real comfortable. And so I wake up, and I'm up with the sun, and I'm going, and I pull back the shower curtain, and um, it is, I, this is what was baffling to me. The plumbing of this thing only came up to my chest. It wasn't like an extension. I'm not kidding either. So someday, if she ever reaches normal height, she is going to have some trouble when she steps into her shower because it wasn't an extension. It was out from the wall hitting, so I'm trying to splash up and shower. And my point is this. It was really evident that the environment I was in and the circumstances that I was in was not made for me. I was made for something different, something larger, something more, and something greater. 
And, and I know we're laughing a ton, but if you do not hear this and if you miss this, you were made for your maker. And if you seek satisfaction in anything else, in a boy, in a relationship, in pornography, in success, in achievement, you will not find it. My high school years were spent chasing everything that I could to satisfy the ache inside of me. And I mean that sincerely. I graduated at, at one of the, the top of the class, was given a speech at uh, my graduation, was the president of the class and the captain of the football team and was going to play a D1 sport and I was so miserable. I was so depressed. because I was seeking satisfaction everywhere, but Christ, everywhere. And I promise you, if there's one thing that I could plead with you and try to communicate to you, it is drink from this river of life because it will not fail you. And so, I, I think there's, there's multiple things that we could do with this. Some of us, maybe we're just encouraged to keep running. We're reminded of why we do, why we run the race that we do, because it's what you were made for. It's what you were made for. And then some of us, the, the thing that shatters that relationship that you were made for, the thing that threw us from the garden, was what? Sin. And so sin Right now, the sin in the life of a believer is not going to keep them from heaven, but it will keep them from life right now. But that's, that's why we do small groups. That's why I have to have guys around me that I need to confess things to. I need to get stuff off my chest because it's going to rob me from life. It's going to affect my relationship with my maker and I was made for it. So we don't want, and we don't care if you're coming out of the dark with different things just because we're like, yeah, everybody needs to come out here and live in life. We're saying, this is where life is. Come and be healed. Come and be healed. That's why we run the race that we do. Because this is where life is. It's what you were made for. And it's what I was made for. And if you do not hear me, I promise you, Turn on the news. Look around. These things that I'm talking about that just show you that you're made for something great, for something love. You're made for something in victory. You're made for all these different things, for pleasure. That at his right hand are pleasures forevermore because you were made for it. That's why you cry out and you love it and he wants to flood your life with it. I promise you, you were made for him in every way imaginable and he cares for you, and he loves you, and he does not want to rob you of life. He wants to flood you with it. I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna head out, and that's it. But hear me on this. You were made for him. He is the desire of your souls, and you can learn it today, or you can learn it at 45 like James. He is where life is. He is where it is, so pursue that. Grow that relationship. That's why we're in ministry, because we want to know the Lord more, 
And we want to help others know him more. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this night. I thank you for my friends here. I thank you for funny stories that involve uh, strange beds and strange curtains and dollhouses and on and on. I thank you for just the hearts of these men and women. And I, I pray for them right now and I pray for my own. I pray that I would hear this message and I would hear the truth that I was made for you. And everything inside of me echoes back and forth crying out that this world is not enough and it never will be no matter how shiny it gets. So be with us. Help us to trust and obey. We love you. You're our king and creator and we're made for you. It's in Christ's name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Baptism this Sunday, Amazon. Guys, sign up. Shoreline next week. Don't miss it. And Empire, the show is playing this Saturday at at Wild Park. At the Wildfire Festival. $20 at the door. $10 if you buy it tonight from Jake. Get excited. Shoreline next Sunday. We'll see you next week. Are you early and then she